Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Game Master Tips, number seven, campaign building with Patrick Knauss. Hey, what's up, man? How much? Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, not not long at all. Yes. Yeah. Anybody watching? Uh, yeah, we we just were running live with the Cyberpunk Uncensored episode uh, featuring Patrick, all about his background on gaming and him and his brother. As you see the logo up there, the two brothers gaming. Um, if you want to learn about him, his background, his brother, his company, upcoming streams, him doing conventions. Um, just a lot of cool shit. Everything, Patrick. <laughs> you know, check out that episode of Cyberpunk Uncensored. It's it's there on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube channel. We also stream to like Twitch and Twitter and a bunch of sites. But um, but yeah, if you're into that, go check that out. This episode of Game Master Tips is all about Patrick's process of campaign building. So let's get right into that. That's kind of uh, what I like to do on these is just get right to the meat and bones of what's up. So let's start here. You know. You're an old school GM. You've been doing it a long time. Um, you you know the ins and outs of multiple uh, systems because you don't only play Cyberpunk. You know, and like I said, anybody watching, you can learn more about them on that episode. But um, just for like a quick Cliff's notes, you know, you have played multiple systems. Um, but just for the sake of this conversation and the fact that this is very uh, Cyberpunk centric, let's let's focus on that when it comes to anything specific that might involve that. You know, um, yeah. But yeah, let's let's. Talk about your process of campaign building. First off, um, do you typically run pre-made games, modules, or whatever, you know? Uh, no. I've, ri- I've run, in my entire GM career, one pre-made module. <laughs> I've, I create everything on my own um, outside of that. So it, I use pre-made modules for all sorts of inspiration and exactly, tips. Yeah. It's funny because like all, all the good GMs I talk to and I, and I you know, do these campaign building uh, videos for Game Master Tips because I think it's important to see everybody's process. Even if some are similar, sometimes people have different angles and ways they do it. But one thing I always see that's similar with, with like really good GMs is they don't, all, they don't always, and I don't want to say always, you know, but they don't typically run other pre-made uh, games or modules but they all love them and like read them and pull, you know, Oh, okay. I, I see how they did that. I'm going to do something similar when I create my own. And like, it's funny, but like there's, there's always like that certain, like there's good GMs and they'll run it and they'll do a great job. But then, then once you get to that point, you start creating your own and ones that I, GMs that I see typically create their own. They always use those modules as like a resource versus an actually, actually at a game with them, you know? Yeah. Um, but that, that's awesome that you said that you said that too, man. And that, that's a lot of uh, reflection on, on your skill level and the way you GM, and I love that. So let's get into uh, creating your own then. Um, how do you like to typically start creating your own campaign? And, th- and this, you know, for the sake of conversation, let's take it all the way to like the beginning of like, you know, you get your players. Um, and I imagine if you're not having like pre-made, you know, pre-gens or whatever, they're creating, they're rolling, they're creating their characters. Once you see, okay, this person made a, an exec, this is a cop, this is a, a solo, this is a fixer, you know, you see who your players are. 
where do you go from there? Do you like to have your session zero and start there? Or how do you, how do you kind of create your campaign or get into it? Yeah. So usually I have an idea of a campaign that I want to run. And so I have a session zero um, and they roll the characters up. Um, and most of the time I'm pretty open with it. Um, some cases for, you know, in the upcoming campaign we're going to do, I said, you need to be private investigators. I don't care how you get there. I don't care if you start out as a fixer, or you start out as a, as a lawman, which makes sense, but don't have to start there. You have to end up being a PI. So you have to kind of get into that uh, space. Um, and usually what I have in mind is an overarching story um, that I want to, I, I know where I want them to kind of start. I know what I want the main theme to be, and I know where I want them to end. And as they create the characters, um, that presents opportunities to tie their character backgrounds or, you know, if they, if they have, um, you know, a lover who now hates them, mm, guess what? That's coming into the story or, Oh, yeah. I have, you have a lover who, uh, you're still really attached to. Well, guess what? Uh, he or she may be in jeopardy, uh, because I'm going to, I'm going to use that as a hook in a way to, to kind of get you in. But so, so I use that um, really to create episodes uh, that are outside of the main arc that I want to do, um, but, and allow kind of a focus on the character and that kind of stuff. But what I really, really want to get out of character creation uh, from them are the moral or, uh, uh, narrative choices that I can force them to make that. And that's what I like to do. I like to put the characters and give them a sort of hard decision that they're going to have to make, you know, and maybe not every single episode that they play, but, you know, kind of leading up to it. And, you know, cause I feel that reveals about the character, right? We, you know, yeah. if it's just going to be, you know, normal, then, you know, it's, it's hard to give them, that kind of uh, choice. So that's what I like to do uh, with that. And I like in particular in cyberpunk to also give them a lot of choice around um, what their uh, home it looks like, uh, where their place of work looks like, uh, right. allow them to imbue that with like what they think their character would, would have in terms of, Oh yeah, here's my office uh, as my private investigator's office. And that's, it's messy. It's neat. It has, you know, an entertainment uh, screen that's always on, cranking out or never on, and, and that kind of stuff, and and kind of allow them allow them to build that, yeah, and the, allow them to kind of bring the world to life. That's really yes. cool. And going back on what you, you just said a minute, don't lose track of where you're going because I don't want to interrupt or pull you off of focus. <laughs> but going back on what you said, I think a good tip there, um, which is pretty cool, is like. You know, using your session zero to to find the key points within life path, and I think every good GM, you know, knows to do this. But like, it's a great thing to bring up is like finding those key points in the life path. That even if you have your set sort of arc campaign that you've constructed, your starting point, the main theme and vibe, the end result or point you're hoping they you're hoping they get to, you know. Uh, but once you have that, it's kind of important to gra look at the life path to not just you know sprinkle in something that might you know, make them more attached or feel more immersed in what's happening. But I think the word motivation to have it as, you know, as a motivation for their character, like you said, if it's 
someone that they're still attached to in their love life and now they're they're in turmoil or they need help and like hell what more motivation do you need you know so i think that's a great tip is like and and you know it's it's been mentioned before it should be mentioned a hundred times because it is that important like you know when when kind of constructing your campaign you do have your thoughts as a gm in mind first that initial arc in your story but it's important to right off the fucking bat incorporate some player stuff so they're motivated to be part of that story that you just created so i think that's cool that you brought that up and i think it's very important but go go on where where you take it from there yeah yeah, well, and, and a, just a, a tad bit of add-on to that, because I, I think you're absolutely right. It, and I always come back to, you know, something that Mike Pondsmith has, has always said. Like, you know, Johnny Silverhand doesn't, you know, attack Arasaka because he's upset about Arasaka. He attacks Arasaka because they've right. taken his girlfriend. Exactly. And that that's his motivation. It's And in Cyberpunk, it's about you, the character, against the world or whatever it is. And, and that personal motivation has to kind of drive, uh, drive that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So basically what I, what I end up doing. So I like, I'm a GM who likes to have a rich background already kind of set up, um, which of course cyberpunk does, but you know, I, I create my own corporations a lot of the times because sometimes nice. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I like Arasaka. I like Militech. I, you know, I like all of them, but sometimes I, I actually like to not be part of that canon. So uh, they'll still be there, but you know, I have, you know, uh, Doragon Shuri or uh, Tenet Enterprises or something be sort of the corporation that I like them to go up against. And so I, I flesh out those characters um, and, well, and it allows you some flexibility. There's a tip right there too. Like GMs, if you're feeling you know, too locked in with the lore of your game and you feel it's limiting uh, some of the campaign options that you have in mind to kind of throw at your players or like your arc. And it's just, eh, you know, you can be completely flexible by creating some of your own lore within it, you know? And it's and it's complete, especially in cyberpunk, it's like not just welcomed, it's encouraged, you know? Like you can read that in the books. Like one of the prime examples I love saying is like in gangs, when it describes gangs, it's like, but this is just like the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more gangs out there and feel free to make up your own and add in more because there's going to be, you know, but they do that with everything. But I think that's an important thing to to make note of is like, you know, because um, I'm the same way. I'll use some of the lore and some of the main names and things. I love the the new Neo Corpse that I've incorporated into the, into the new games because I got that direct from the Artalsorian blog. And like as much as I can get new lore and incorporate, cool. But I'm definitely a big fan of creating your own as well, like making your own gangs, your own pirates, your own companies, your own nomads. And like you, it just gives you a little more flexibility if you're feeling kind of limited within certain lore. So you can fit it into whatever campaign you come up with, but that's a great point, but go on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I, and I like to have a really rich background because that way it allows me as a GM to be able to respond very quickly. If I understand the background and the story that I'm setting, then when the players do something unexpected, because guess what? They, they always are. do. <laughs> they yeah. always do. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> it allows me to respond, I think very naturally and, um, one of the, the things that I've, it, it, when I've taken feedback about how I GM from people, um, the thing I've always managed and like the best is when, um, they say, well, yeah, that you pulled out, um, uh, this scenario and, and, and use that bit of detail. And I'm like, yeah, that's something I made up on the fly because, because oh, yeah. you did something, I created it and, but it felt really natural. And I feel that's because I, I understand the background. 
um, and stuff. And it's not that I go and create like a novel uh, of, of background, but I, I really do try to flesh it out in terms of my thinking. I have a few, uh, a, a few sentences on these corporations and major NPCs and that kind of stuff. Um, and then um, I usually start, I usually create each episode. I start off where they're going to, where they're at. Um, I have a few uh, basically bullet points that says, you know, here's, here's the main kind of scenes that I'm kind of expecting throughout this and where they're going to uh, end up. And, um, and I kind of make sure all those kind of are prepped to some degree or another. I do this knowing that they may not go that path and I'm okay with that, you know? So it, it, in some ways I feel I, a GM should make sure that they prep as much as they want to. If you're going to prep a lot and get upset that somebody doesn't go down that path and use that map. Yeah. Then don't, don't jump in there. Don't create it. Like if that's too far, you know, then, then hey, there, kind, of, kind of, there's a tip right there too. Like that's important to kind of bring up because like, I, I I'm, I'm definitely li- like that. Like I'll, I'll write out the details, but I keep it kind of vague. I'll keep sh- short bullet points. Some of the dialogue I may run off on a little and put maybe too much info. And then I'll, later I'll look at, oh, let me trim this back a little. But I typically, uh, like you just said, you know, I, I keep it so I can be flexible. So I think the tip to get across here to GMs is, don't go into so much depth about your campaign and the different NPCs and corpse and details and all the components uh, and then get upset if you don't get to get into all those things because, like, you got to let the players play the game. You know, they're the leads or whatever. Um, and you got to be flexible. So, like, don't get mad if, if uh, you know, they're not touching base on everything that you took the time to write out. And I think yeah. the way to avoid that is don't take the time to write it out so much to where it's like so fucking detailed that there's no way around it either. Cause then you're going to make the players feel like they're railroaded into this like one way street campaign where they just can't fucking get into the open world. And like that sucks, you know? So I think that's a good point that you made is like, you know, make all, all your points, but you know, a few sentences about each thing and get your details, but be ready to work with what the players do. Cause they always do unexpected stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, and, and sometimes when they do that unexpected stuff, that adds completely new threats that I want to take up and run with. Um, yeah. You know, oh, you know, like if they go and search an item, you know, they, they you know, like, hey, I want to go and search this, uh, the back of this uh, shop that, you know, is now closed. And you're like, I didn't plan for them to do this. And they're, they're back there searching for it. And so you kind of just create some stuff, you know, or you're like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a tablet in there and, uh, you know, and, and some eddies or, you know, uh, what have you. And you, you kind of put stuff in there and they want to say, well, what, what's in this tablet? Cause, cause a lot of times they're thinking it's more important than right, right. you're kind of like toss off. Like I just put some stuff there and I say, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. So you're able to crack it. And hmm, okay. There's somebody there saying that they need help, that they're underwater. They need money. And all of a sudden you've got another story yeah. that, they, that you can follow on and hinge on. And it all just came off, off the fly because um, you were ready to improv it um, and, and kind of go with the flow. And again, I think that's having a, a, for me, it's understanding what the background is well enough to know that here's what I can do with that kind of situation when it comes up. And yeah. I'm willing to go there. I'm willing exactly. to I think let it's them a, define. It's a certain point, like, you know, 
to be a good GM. And I think the tip within that, I think, is like, you know, not being scared of the curveballs that the players are going to throw at you. Learn to use them. You know, don't avoid them and be scared and be like, oh, shit, that's different than I was thinking. Like, like you just said, they might say like, ah, you know what? I want to search this. And you're like, well, I wasn't expecting I didn't really write anything down that's in that desk. But let me just, yeah, you find some paperwork in there and you're not making sense of it. Maybe, maybe you don't have anything on mind right then. Like if you're not a quick thinker, you can always say like, you know, but it's encrypted or it's this or that. And then it gives you a little time and then you're like, fuck, let me make that something cool. Cause I didn't even think about doing that. Now they threw that in there and I want that to be its own separate tangent and that could lead to some sessions on the side then they get back to this mission it just adds depth and more time to a campaign in a world it makes it better but i think that's great yeah. that's really cool is like you know embrace those curveballs you know yeah yeah and um and again i, I think it comes back to, it's that collaborative storytelling to me that's what rpgs are yeah i have an overarching story but it's really us creating the story together and using the mechanics of the dice to sort of deal with you know uh, randomness and chance uh, that that's a part of it so but yeah and then you know that's essentially how i prepare every session i like with roll 20 uh, i do like to prepare maps um and i've kind of fallen in love with fog of war um and, and some of those uh techniques on roll 20 so i probably spent i spend far more time i, I spent far more time with maps now than i did like in the 80s or 90s with, yeah. with stuff where i just I, I i you know drew up stuff on a piece of paper yeah, yeah. um but again i like it and and i and i feel that it in some ways it adds um uh an effect of especially like fog of war if they want to uh, go around a map and um sort of um, take a look at stuff. It kind of keeps stuff hidden and yeah. kind of adds a mystery to it. Yeah, and just to explain it, anybody watching the video that's not familiar with Roll20, you know, it's it's an online digital platform. Go to roll20.net, R-O-L-L, the number 20.net. But you'll see, it's basically, you can, you can you know, host your games there, your, your role-playing games, character sheets, digital dice, all that good stuff. But there's this uh, tool there called Fog of War. So when you put in a map, you can actually cover certain parts of the map that only the GM will see to everybody else that appears blacked out. Um, so as you go, you can reveal different parts as they, you know, dungeon crawl your map or whatever, so to speak. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I love, I love Fog of War. I just in the past, like handful of sessions got into it prior to that. When I first started streaming, I, I was, and I was using sections and stuff. And then I was like, okay, let me take time to learn it. And then once I got into it, I was like, oh my God, I learned it within minutes. I was like, why was I waiting? What the hell? This is awesome. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. So yeah. But you know, so I actually like in my cyberpunk campaign, I have a, I have a bunch of maps up. Um, some that I've designated, okay, that's their, that's their office. So I have their office map drip, written up. Um, I know what maps I'm going to start using for, you know, uh, that particular episode. But if they, I have a, some just plain street maps. And if they all of a sudden encounter, you know, uh, one of my poser gangs, uh, the Bruce Lees, um, nice. they, 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 they might want to, they might encounter them and I might need a sudden street map. And it's oh, just yeah. like, Oh, there, there you go. There, there's a, there's a street map for there's you. A, there's another, the tokens. yeah, that's another great tip too. Cause I, you know, I do that too is like in, in my campaigns, I'll drop like a generic building blueprint, you know, that I can mm -hmm. make that can represent like a shop or a warehouse or apartment building if I want, you know, it has like the rooms and I'll be like, yeah, in this room, there's a bed and this now it's in that room, there's an engine thing, you know, like it can translate. And then I have like a couple street ones too. Um, and I think that's a great tip too, if you're a GM and this is whether you're playing in person, physical using maps 
or you're using a site like Roll20 to do digital maps, um, it's always good to have a couple generic backups. And that kind of, I don't know, it makes you, it's like a safety net for you. Maybe it makes you feel a little comfortable to kind of catch those curveballs that the players might throw at you. Um, you know, so like if they're going to engage in combat out front of the shop that you just wanted them to go inside because you have that map ready. You know, you can quickly pull up a street map and be like, okay, you want to get into it outside? I have something for that, you know. So it might be kind of cool. Um, and, and there's a tip, you know, have a couple little backup maps or some generic things that you might be able to just kind of throw in quickly if, if you have a little curveball thrown at you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so one of the and then one of the other things, and I think it's it's um, I, so I'll, I'll plug Legend Keeper. Um, Legend Keeper is um, an app uh, browser app that I use made by a guy who was trying to figure out how to um, uh, organize his campaigns and keep track of information. And basically, it's uh, it's a map. It starts out with a map, and you can put like pins in it, and those pins can represent sites that people have gone to. Um, and you can you can click a pin and go in deeper. It takes you to a more detailed map. It has like a little wiki, and it, and they all have like tags and that kind of stuff. So it's it's a place where I go to keep track of everything. So oh, there's the NPC that they ran into. So I take notes in my cyberpunk journal um for what's going on but i do that because my typing's really loud and i don't want to interrupt the game so i write and then i take it to that and i keep track of oh yeah that's where they encountered um you know smoke uh here and they encountered uh jocasta here um and this is the name of this place and you know and a lot of times you do have to create names of of people npcs and shops and stuff on the fly i so I keep track of that and I say, okay, yeah, this is, this is the, you know, gun shop that they went to and here's the nightclub that they went to or something like that. So. And I think that's an important tip too, is like, you know, kind of keeping track of what players do. And I, I do the same thing. I can show you some examples like this is from last week's game. You know, I'll do all my printouts of my campaigns and then I'll make my pencil notes of things that they're doing, you know, or like files that they found or this and that. And then that way I can go back in into the, into the next session that I'm typing up or organizing and I can make sure I keep track of all these things. Because like you said, it's, it's important that if a player wants to go back to somewhere that they were or they want to, oh, let me call up that dude I met three sessions ago, three sessions ago, you're not like, oh, shit, wait, what did I name that guy? What does he look like? Uh, what, what did I have him do? Like, you know, keep track of some of these little key points and important things and it'll kind of, I don't know, save your ass in the future if some, again, if some of those curveballs come at you that players always throw, you know? Because not everything is going to be linear to your, your fucking campaign story arc that you created. You got to... Like we said, keep it flexible and be ready <laughs> for anything. Yeah, yeah, and, and some of those NPCs become major, right? They keep going back to them, or oh, yeah. you you stumble on like a it's like a you know it, 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 you know, your your background in, uh, in in film and 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 stuff like that. You know that sometimes a side character can end up supporting heroes. Just, you know they they become support, yeah 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 totally. And I think it's kind of fun a little keynote, even though it's not really a game master tip, but I'm going to mention it because it's fun, but. I, I kind of like when that happens because it almost then becomes, I don't know, your GM character. Like you bring it to life and then it's kind of fun when they get to come back and like, you're just like, oh, cool. Like I get to be that dude again. You know, like yes. it's, it's kind of fun. It gives you like a little play time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, but, um, and then basically, you know, I, I run the games and run the session and that's how the campaign goes. If I need 
them to do something in particular. Um, I don't like, I don't like the railroad. I tend to be more sandboxy in terms of, you know, if they want to go someplace, they, they can go and kind of do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how, how do you get them back on track? You know, I think you, just yeah. kind of, I think you're about to go there. I'm going to interrupt and act like I asked the question, <laughs> but no, totally. That's a great point to bring up is because those curveballs fucking happen. And like when you're a good GM, you're flexible with it. But then you got to tactfully get them back on course, or you got to move those key points, or you got to do something to kind of bring it back to the main story. And how do you do that without, like you said, feeling like you're railroading them? How do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So either either a I um, introduce new, I, I go and grab those motivations and pull them out and and try to uh, find a, a channel for a motivation that kind of gets them back on track. Um, that's the more subtle method the more um sort of uh more aggressive method is um i will put obstacles in front of them now i don't make those obstacles impossible to overcome um i may escalate the obstacles if they if they're fine i'm like you know i really wanted to capture you i really you know i really needed to get you like you know uh someplace where i could you know have you start out with stripping you of everything, you know, and, and kind of leaving you in a, in a room and with some bad guys. Um, I may have to up the uh, number of combatants who are trying to stun them <laughs> or right. knock them out, you know, and to get that. But um, so depending on kind of how they've, how they've gone through a curve, I'll, I'll either try to like kind of pull them back with the motivation, you know, I'll put somebody at risk. Or uh, I'll put, um, you know, uh, some something meaningful at them that is now in danger, and they have to address it quickly. I'll, I'll put a timeline on. Yeah. So it. if like, they, uh, yeah. yeah. So if they fall off of uh, off of the main path that you had, and they kind of lost sight of that motivation, one way to bring them back is maybe reintroduce either that or some other type of motivation, kind of help pull them back in. And I think the other kind of tipper thing that you're getting at here is like if that if that's still not working um a kind of more aggressive way or direct way of doing it would be you know up the ante of the scene that's in so like you know they're entering combat you're hoping like all right cool i'm gonna put these two badass fucking security guards or booster gangs here i know they're gonna fuck them up and be able to capture them and then all of a sudden the players come up with some crazy way of handling it you're like whoa i didn't even think of that okay well fuck dude they just got out of that one don't be scared to you know, the door opens and two more dudes come out and they're like, wait a minute. And they see you doing it. And like, you know, they foil the plan a little, like you can always do that a little bit and pull it back where it needs to be. And it won't feel too, um, too railroaded, railroaded. If you just do that little, little bit to pull it back where it needs to be and then give them the freedom again. And hopefully you you can make it work and stay on track to get to that. You know, like you described with the arc, you've got the the start, the key points, and then the end result. And ultimately you've got to get them at least, close to that end result you know and that's that's a great way to kind of do it if you get a little sidetracked or a curveball thrown at you yeah that's really cool i think that's great i think you know to recap uh one thing i i I love about it is you know you really use your session zero I, i think all good jams use your session zero grab the motivations from life path and things that you can sprinkle in or use as motivation with your your campaign for the campaign like patrick says he loves you know having kind of a good starting point the key theme of the overall campaign or, you know, what it's going to be, leave it open, keep that open world, make it fun to players, don't be so locked in, and then you have your end result, you know, your, your, your end of the campaign, the, the reward, the, 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 
the end of the mission or whatever they had to do. Here's the success ending to it or whatever. But then within that, I think that the key points here are, you know, be flexible and then learn how to pull them back to the main point. You know, use your NPCs, use your motivations, and don't be scared to kind of use those curveballs as like ways to, I don't know, change it up, drop in more people to pull it where it needs to be if the motivations aren't working. And then the other thing is um, don't avoid the curveballs um, just on a campaign or story level or mission level or job level or whatever um, because you could make even more out of that. It's not just something to kind of deal with to pull back to your current campaign or story or whatever needs to happen. Look at that curveball as also a way to go on a, uh, on a tangent, on a side project. You can get a few sessions out of that, a, a cool story arc that, like you said, maybe you weren't even thinking of. You're like, you have this great idea as a GM, and then a player throws a curveball, and you're like, wow, that's really cool. I didn't even think of that. You know, inside, don't say that out loud during, during the game, you know. Yeah. But inside, yeah. you'd be like, holy shit, I didn't think of that. That's fucking genius. You know what? That's exactly what's happening, as a matter of fact. And it's going this way now. Like, you know, just yeah. lean into it. Just lean into it and just go with it. I think that's that's yeah. that's the key point there. But I think that's great, man. I think um, I love to keep these uh, Game Master tip, Tips episodes real short and sweet. I think, yeah. I think we did a great job here keeping it under 30 minutes. And I think hopefully uh, anybody listening, player GMs, you know, up and coming GMs, experienced veteran GMs, you know, you can you can always learn something new. You never stop learning and expanding and and being creative. Um, hopefully, anybody watching this, you got like some good tips out of this. If not one, you got many. And if you did dig it, or even if it was just entertaining, uh, show us some love, like the video, give it a share, subscribe to the channel. You know, you know the the drill. And uh, definitely check out the description, look at the links and stuff, and give some support. Definitely look up Patrick Knauss's Cyberpunk Uncensored episode and the podcast episode. It goes into depth about him and his brother and everything he has going on. There's a lot of cool shit there. You don't want to miss out on it. And um, and yeah, any last words, anything else that we didn't mention? No, other than just, I, I think, enjoy. Have fun. It's collaborative storytelling and uh, embrace it for, for all that it is. And everyone, I, you've said it before, the goal is to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Number one tip: have fun. If you're not having fun, start over. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, yep, Hell yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Awesome. So, Thanks so much for joining me. I love chatting yep. with you, and we'll be doing it again. And uh, everybody yep. that's watching, thanks so much for checking it out. Take care, everybody. Yep. Thank you.